Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and our word on KCB. 106.5 FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 1050 AM Palm Springs. Oh, welcome back into the house of mystery. I'm Al Warren, Mr. Dave Martino. Present. I'm Present. Here. Presents. Present. I want presents. It's a <laughs> present early, but I it's want It's close. Presents. Yeah. You know, you know <laughs> shopping, fighting all the people that all these sales and stuff going that's on that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why you that's really why no. you were in these uh martial art classes that's right so and, I can fight my way through the crowds yeah yeah you go out hunting for food and and <laughs> groceries and all that stuff like that and that's know. right you didn't have to fly did you when you were going for that last training or anything you know you no no it's, it's yeah. yeah i just drove it's in the area Oh, good, good, because that's, uh, you know, I, every day I turn on the news and there's another person freaking out on the plane, like that lady that, <laughs> you know, this morning here, it's just a lady gets out on the plane, and she goes down the aisle and she just squats, pulls down her pants and goes to the bathroom <laughs> on the aisle, right? <laughs> like, oh, well, okay, mm. yeah, another good day. And then, then the other yeah. day, the one lady, they take off and then she starts cr- crawling across all the tops of the chairs. Could you imagine sitting in a chair and someone's crawling? And she's screaming out that she's been kidnapped or something weird, right? And you're thinking, this is a bad movie. And they get, <laughs> then they get her down. And then all of a sudden, another lady at the end of the house gets up and starts uh, screaming out that uh, it's Satan, right? Oh. Satan's going to take down the plane. Satan's after every all 200 <laughs> of us on here, and we all got to get down and pray because she's Satan. She's, she's uh, you know, possessed. <laughs> Like, wow, mm. you know, you don't need movies anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, just you don't need the in-flight movie. No, the entertainment is yeah, on board. Perfect. You know, but I was just thinking, could you imagine you're the person that waiting at the other end, the other city to pick up one of those people? 
<laughs> oh, no. How was your flight? Hi, dear. How oh. was your flight? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they cuffing you and taking you away? Well, I kind of well, you know, I kind of got a little lost, you know, <laughs> crazy. Anyway, speaking of wild and crazy people, <laughs> ah. returning guest today. And, uh, you know, he's relaunched a book, uh, an award-winning book, and he's got new music out. So he's a very busy guy, un unlike you, Dave. Yeah, that's There's right. people functioning in this world. That's right. <laughs> and I'm trying to, trying to do something good for other people, not just, you know, peeing on flights like you. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, Myself. I wasn't supposed to tell people that. No. <laughs> well, we've got Enzondi. Thank you for being here. You guys, Al and Dave, oh my God, you guys are hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> crawling on top of the airplane seats. Wow. Um, I'm just happy to be here. And uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. There's always a gas, Al and Dave, bringing me brighter days. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's the whole idea. You kind of have to laugh at this. Yeah, you have to laugh because... Here we are. We're we're trying to try to do whatever you, you know. You're out there, and you're. It's a lot of work doing what you do. You know, the writing and and music and just everything that. And you're trying to do stuff in life and and get ahead and and uh, make an effort. And there's all these weird things going on around us. So you kind of you, you just have to laugh. Uh, yeah, that's right. You know, um, there is so much going on, and yeah, you do have to laugh because if you don't. Laugh at yourself and all the crazy stuff, you know, that happens, you know, it can be really tense. So you got to laugh at yourself. And I'm laughing at myself all the time. Like just the other day when I was doing a, some wind sprints right here in South Pasadena in California doing wind sprints and just took a nice little tumble. I never fall in the middle of the intersection. Everyone saw me. I bounced right back up on my arm that I just tore my uh, my uh, deltoid muscle and just ran around the corner, you know. <laughs> just laugh to myself because uh, you got to do that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't take it too serious, you know. There's, you know, or you'll end up on a plane crawling that's across. Satan, that's Satan! That's Satan! I tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. You'll be just, you know, it'll be over before you know it. It sounds like some. This sounds like it could fit in your story almost. Like it's the end of the world, you know, and stuff like that. It could be a real. Do you hear that scribbling noise? That's me yeah. writing down. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it really, I mean, it, it the way the world's been the last 10 years, for sure, you can say that um, there's so many, the way people are so off the rocker sometimes, you can get pretty wild in a book, I guess, in science fiction and stuff, in, in a sense, because it's not like people will say, well, no one would ever do that, because they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, every day you hear something really just, crazy you know and and uh that's a lot of it people always ask me where do you get your inspiration from from life how bananas you know things are and all these different stories that i hear and you know things i read in the paper or not in the paper things i read online you know um because it's 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 a lot of source material i'll tell you well when you get someone coming up asking you that question you can say well it's good people like you that inspire me <laughs> <laughs> And they won't even catch it. <laughs> now you're reminding me of that T-shirt a lot of writers wear. You know, be careful how you treat me. You might end up in my book. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and it won't be a good part. <laughs> and it won't be a good part. <laughs> so so listen, so uh, 
on your Orwar uh, Mosaic. Now, that one is being relaunched, uh, new publisher and all that stuff. Um, but this was like a, a Bram Stoker winner. Yeah. And when you have that, when you have that happen, do, do you feel a lot of pressure then on whatever you do to follow up now? I wish I could say no, but absolutely. I think that's why it's taking me so long to finish uh, the book that I'm writing now, my upcoming novel. Um, uh, I just, you know, you, you really shouldn't put that kind of pressure on yourself, but it, I, I think it's just was, with me, it was just automatic. Like, you just want to, you win that award, and first of all, I've just blown away, and I will never stop thinking, you know, StokerCon and, and, and horror, the Horror Writers Association for bestowing me with such a prestigious award, but it's like, now what do I do? You know, and uh, I'm just trying to at least, you know, level the game and learn more and read more and study more so that, you know, I'm consistent and not the one hit wonder kind of thing, you know, so. Yeah, but that in itself, I guess that just, but it puts you in a place where you kind of, you're aware of it now. You're not just uh, doing it. You have to think about um, how people are going to take you from now on, you know, you're, you know, I would think it would. It, I, I feel like it would put on some pressure. You yeah. know? I mean, I win Stoker awards, but they're Stroker awards. But they, <laughs> <laughs> did I hear you correctly? <laughs> but I never feel the. Yeah, but I never, I never feel the pressure. Wait, know? wait. <laughs> so many layers to that. I'm not even going there. <laughs> That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. Well, you do what you have to, yeah. right? You know, whatever you can do. Yeah. Um, so, so listen. So, what what is it that you um, when you wrote this book originally? Um, did you have an intention of of uh, or a meaning or some sort of thing that you wanted people to get out of the book, or was it just a pure entertainment book? Yeah, you know, um, I did want to. Uh, I did, you know, have like a subliminal message. I didn't want to preach too hard, but I had like the subliminal message. You know, and uh, like I taught school for 13 years, middle aged kids, and I'm always trying to drop little tiny. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Easter eggs of, you know, uh, diamonds to encourage the youth and stuff like that without preaching. So I had a lot of little things like that in the book, you know, where it wasn't really teaching or preaching, but it was like little little gems that my characters learned or was told or made mistakes on. Um, a lot of those. But, you know, for the most part, I think, I don't know, I, I just, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like every writer has like something that they really want to say, you know, um, but, but they do it in the art of storytelling. You know, something, something that they want to say to life, their ideologies or you know, something that came to them that they feel is really important they have to share with the world. They, they just do it in the art of storytelling. So I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, um, I always want people just not to pee on the aisle and, and claim. Because I just say, like, one of my I'm like, you know, come on. It's nasty. I walk around that. I mean, God. Um, but this is a, it's kind of a, um, a dark story that you've written. Is there a reason that you, you know, you've got, is there a reason you go that way? Is there like having a horror or that kind of a novel? You know, you, you start writing a story and you just, you just put it down. And I think after, I no, not I think, I know that after studying and reading tons of books in your genre and watching tons of television in the different, you know, genre specific areas that you're interested in, you know, you have this this entire encyclopedia of things in your mind. And so if you just sit down and just start writing and just trust that whole process, of course you got to clean it up and edit it and that kind of thing. But, you know, things just unfold based on all the stuff that you've experienced. And it's the same thing. I didn't really sit down and say I'm going to write a book about, you know, with the subtext about uh, uh, trafficking children. I, it, it just, it just kind of evolved as the story evolved, you know, I wanted to write my first book took place in Hawaii uh, with the Hawaiian girl and a uh, non-African-American girl. And I wanted this book to focus on the African-American culture or the African culture or the black culture. So I, I you know, I made it in Ghana and it just started, it just, it just kind of unfolded, you know, uh, what are some of the things that are happening in Ghana? You know, what are some of the things that are happening in this culture? Uh, and, and, you know, I, it came up, you know, with, uh, the human trafficking and it might've been just that I had watched a, a police show. I don't know the week before or something I started writing it and, and that police show had human trafficking in it. I haven't, I can't even remember. I have no idea, but you know, it is what it is. 
how do you get into the heads of your of your of your um you know your characters the people that you write and uh and how to how to make them sound and feel real so that i love that question and a lot of times they get in my head and i know that sounds nirvana-ish but what happens is you know a lot of times when i'm driving you know or, or on a long drive which is pretty much every day or i sit in the park which is at least three days a week you know i turn the, i turn the radio off when i'm driving and i go in my head what the character is going through and sometimes i'll say no that my character wouldn't do that sometimes it's just like a epiphany i'm like oh my god that's the person who killed so-and-so that's the person who did it and i just kind of find the character like whatever character it is if it's my main character or or, or a side character or an antagonist and i start in my mind with this type of person who are they what do they do what would they say how do how would they react all the way sometimes down to you know are they a prada girl or you know a cowboy boot guy you know um, and if they're a cowboy boot guy, then they must drive a truck. And if they drive a truck and they're a cowboy boot guy, then he probably, you know, choose snuff. And if he choose snuff, you know, he probably listen to country music. If he listen to country music, then he would wear a denim jacket, you know. And then all of that stuff just kind of his language and what he says and how he looks at stuff would spill out differently from, you know, a character that was brought up. In, you know, I lived in Madison on Madison Avenue. I lived, you know, or, or somewhere in midtown Manhattan you know, who, uh, who grandmother, you know, had a fur factory. So all those different things, uh, depending on who my character is and where my character came from uh, or the demographic of my character helps me mold who that person is and what they would say. You know, um, when I started out, I remember when I started out writing and I hadn't, I hadn't even written my first hundred thousand words, you know, um, I, I had a character, I had two different characters. I had one that was a Jamaican character, um, and I had them speaking. I tried to write the way they spoke. Yeah, man, we over here with some teams, you know. Let's go on and get that, you know, chuck. <laughs> and my critique group was like, this is annoying. <laughs> this is so annoying. <laughs> and so I learned that, you know, with the different dialects, you got to tone it down a little bit. And then I had a British character, and I, you know, I'm not a Brit. So, you know, I was so off and so wrong with how I had the character speaking. And that took the person out of the story. So I also had to learn to really, you know, write a character that felt real and felt true. And, you know, not too many slang words, not too many, you know, dialects that are too weird or different that takes you off page. So uh, it was a whole learning process. It took me about 10, 11 years to get like that. Oh, I imagine, you know, trying to be a, uh, learn a character like a transsexual truck driver listening to Kid Rock while drinking. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. He would talk a certain way. He would talk a certain way. Even though he's a truck driver, he would talk a certain way. (laughs) That's funny. You know, it's funny in the same vein. I, I know you've done some acting. Is it kind of like, you know, I don't know if the term method acting is, is the right term, but is it kind of like acting for you in, in a way to create these characters? Yeah. I never thought of it that way, yes. Uh, because what you try to do is, you know, you embrace whatever that experience is that you've ever had before or that you feel that that character needs in order to, you know, make them come alive. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. And so it's... it's um to me, but I guess when when you do something like this, 
and you and you're and you're kind of being these character stuff. You kind of live through the character in a sense. Like when you when you you drive a lot, then why do you drive a lot? So my day job, which helped sustain me, um, when I quit teaching, uh, was as a stand-in, and a stand-in is, is a stand-in actor. So I worked for TV and film. And I'm hired to basically be more or less a rehearsal actor. So instead of the actual actor standing there for 13 hours while they set up the lights, practice the camera moves, get the microphones right and all that kind of stuff, they have a stand-in. And so the actor just really comes in and does the initial rehearsal to show the crew what they're doing. They go sit down, and then when it's time to shoot the actual film, then they go on and they shoot the film. And then they go sit down and we go on. So we stand there when they do all of the different modifications or the setup, you know, for the shot. So in being, in being a stand in, we are on a lot of different locations, not always in the studio. So I'm always driving, you know, so I might be driving 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away, 40 minutes away or 10 minutes away. So I'm always driving. And when I'm driving, you know, um, and I'm, I'm in depth with the story. I'll turn the radio off and, and just let my mind, you know, sing to me. But those voices, those characters in your head, don't tell you where to drive. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Good. I mean, you know, that's important. You don't want to get carried away. That you'll end up. Who knows where you'll end? You'll end up flying to the air. What are you doing? Yeah. Turn left. Turn left. No. Yeah, turn, turn right. Nah, no. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no, that's right. But you must live through those characters in a sense. You know what I mean? You got to put yourself into that place and what it would be like to be trafficked or what it would be like to be in different situations that you're writing about to make it real and stuff. Do you think that going through a process of writing a book changes you as a person? Okay, I'm going to answer that in two parts. Um, this, the latter part, yes, it does change you. And the, the prior to that, I don't necessarily live through the character that way. It's what I've been exposed to. So, like, if I read a lot about a certain character, it stays in the back of my mind. Or I saw that type of character on TV, or I've, I've, you know, grown up with that kind of character. I've been exposed to that type of character at work, or, you know, family member. Like, I just met a family member uh, at a funeral about three weeks ago, and I came up with a, I don't even know if this word exists, I made it up myself. After calling her a, a habitual liar, and my cousin was like, she's not a liar. She just likes to play games. I'm like, she's a hyperbolist. <laughs> she's a hyperbolist. <laughs> and she, <laughs> you know, she had me and my older uh, aunts going and telling us all these stories. And we believed her because, you know, why wouldn't we not believe her? And come to find out, it was like all exaggerated, gross exaggerations. You know, so she's going in my book somehow. I want, I want that kind of character, you know that I was exposed to. I want that kind of character that just you, you has everyone going and just, Oh my God, it's just a total, you know, total liar, you know, but it's not a liar. Like it's like a, they're, they're a storyteller, you know, they're a storyteller and they make you believe what happened to them was real. And you find out they're out of their minds. You know, she, she even named, she even named, I think her daughters have her name. She has three daughters and all three of them have her same name. I'm like, Oh my God, I got to use this person as a character. I just changed the name. <laughs> yeah. Does, does she fly in planes a lot? <laughs> that might have been her. That might have been her. <laughs> if you heard the story somewhere, it might have been her who told them that story that you read or saw. <laughs> it wasn't real at all. 
Well, speaking of that, do, do you hear your characters? Um, you know, is that how you create dialogue? Do you have to speak it out loud? We, we have, you know, different writers that we speak to have different, um, different ways of creating their dialogue. How, how do you do it? Yeah, I hear, I hear them. I actually hear them. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, with a woman. She, she, I was four years old when she took me in. So she, she was 70 when she took me in and she raised me and she was my grandmother. And I hear that whenever I have, no matter if the character's black or white, whoever, Asian or whatever, if it's an older character, I hear my grandmother's voice. That southern, that southern, you know, motherly, uh, grandmother, boy, what you, you ain't, you ain't, boy, you ain't eat nothing. Come on over here and let me put some, put some meat on you, boy. You know, all of that. I, I just hear that, I hear that voice, you know, you, you know, uh, and, and so that, that, that character is usually always in my book, some type of, grandmotherly nana type character you know is all that probably most people have had in their family at some point or another you know that makes the apple pies and all that kind of stuff <laughs> so i hear that voice i hear that voice in my head yes yeah that's that's me making the pie grandma <laughs> <laughs> grandma al i went to chicago uh uh with my my girlfriend and we stayed at her brother's house and her brother, I don't know, he's, you know, he's probably, I don't know, 40, 42, something like that. And he is the most hospitable host that I've ever been with. I mean, when he picked us up from the airport, I sat in the car in the back seat and he handed me a Gatorade Zero. How in the heck do you know I drink that? You know, so the bathroom, he had the exact Irish Spring soap that I like to use. He had my hair stuff. In the morning, he cooked me pancakes with eggs, with cheese, just how I like it. And he cooked the whole Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, I was like, man, you, you I, you, hey, man, you're like an old black lady. I love the old southern black lady. You know, he, and he's, and he's Jewish, you know, so it was really funny. He thought that was funny. <laughs> so, yeah. He's probably stalking you. He's probably outside your place, <laughs> taking pictures and knows everything you use and do and say. He's on it. You know, he's watching. He's like Mission Impossible. Oh, my God. Here. You know, it's all over. <laughs> so now this has influenced you, I guess, in a way, to start writing music and putting, uh, releasing songs. Like, it's related to your characters, I believe, in the books, right? Yep, yep. Um, you know, I had, uh, so the book I'm writing now is called New Year's Dead, New Year's Dead. And, um, it's about, uh, a group of teenage shapeshifters that travel to parallel worlds and solve paranormal crimes. And, um, the, the, the the people that they have to emulate or, you know, uh, take their, take, take, you know, take over their lives is a group of young, uh, you know, a rock band. And so one, a couple of the songs that that rock band sings ended up, you know, inspiring me to write a song. I used to do music a long time ago. I did music for about 20 years and realized I sucked at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, that's when I kind of left it behind. But, um, and then over those 20 years, I've developed a lot of incredible, uh, relationships. So I was able to call up, um, David Moreno, who plays drums a puddle of mud and he played the drums on the track and i was able to call up um federal star who was moesha uh moesha's boyfriend in the tv show moesha and he's also in the legendary group from queens 
uh, called Onyx. You know, slam, doo, 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 let boys be boys. That's you know, that's his song. And uh, he he got on the track with me. We used to watch True Blood together all the time. So he knew I did like a whole vampire kind of thing with the book I'm writing. Oh, and oh, by the way, and you know, they're, they're I don't call them vampires, my characters, but they they need blood to sustain life. Um, and so uh, he knew that, so he wrote a verse in my song. It's a rock song called Teenage Rock Star that kind of caters to how how blood sucking the industry is, and you know uh, how they can suck the blood out of the teenagers, and you know want more and more and more. So yeah, so that song came out about a year ago. I just released the remix to it last week, along with another song that's inspired by the Joker, uh, you know, uh, the most recent Joker, and uh, it's called Freak. So uh, yeah, so yeah, it's, I'm just having a lot of fun, man. Yeah. So on, it's on a it's on about 300 radio, independent radio stations. Some are on the dial and some are online. And I never, ever, ever, ever thought that I would get songs on the radio. I mean, you dream of it, but this is like, wow, you know. So I'm just, you know, I, I, you know I'm doing my thing, man, and uh, building, a, building a brand here. So let's go. Yeah. Well, you'll be opening up for share. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be doing that next, you know. Man, She'll be listen, I would love you. to do. A, I would, not about that, but I would love to do a song with her. How about that? Oh, a that dance song. Yeah. How well, about that, Dave? Give her, give her your phone. Give him his oh. phone number. <laughs> Just you know, I will off air. Yeah, no yeah, problem. yeah. <laughs> are you, are you big paranormal guy? Then, you know, are you into all of the uh, paranormal and and. Uh, as you say, um, vampires and stuff like that, even though you don't call them vampires, but, you know, e-humans. So I'm the worst geek that ever lived because most of the geeks I know know every tidbit about whatever they're geeking about. You know, I'm a, I'm a Spider-Man geek. But if you ask me about issue three, da-da-da-da-da, who was the writer, this and that, I do not know. I like the story. I have hundreds of Spider-Man comic books. I'm a Cowboys geek. You know, so I love sci-fi. I love horror. You know, I've done whenever I do classes on them. I, you know, I, I do some speaking engagements. I have to study a lot. You know, I have a lot of notes when I speak on it. So yes, I am a sci-fi guy. Yes, I love horror. You know, and uh, and, and paranormal and, and, and things of that nature. But I'm not like. So who directed this and who directed that? You know, unless it's like Alfred Hitchcock or something like that. I'm like, I don't know. So yeah, I love all of that stuff. Love it. Well, you've also you've written, you know, you're just talking about writing about, you know, the metaverse, parallel worlds. What about the, the metaverse and parallel worlds and, and stuff of that nature? What what pulled you to write these stories? I, you know, uh, I don't know. I just love it. It's kind of like saying, <laughs> why do you like strawberry ice cream over, you know, butter pecan? I don't know. It just tastes good. And so, <laughs> you know, it's just I just love that, and and, and ideas come to me, and um. You know, it just flows. It's kind of like how you know this is what you're meant to do. You know, I've done I've done music 20 years, no hits. You know, so I'm like, okay, this is that's something I lo I like to do. It's fun, but the writing, you know, awards and nominations. Okay, this is my thing. This is what I really love to do. And you know, I you know the, the I I don't in my books I don't even call it the metaverse. I call it the neuroverse because my characters. 
you know, kind of like carbon. What's it called? Carbon. Ah, carbon. Not carbon copy. There was a, a sci-fi TV series that came out. I think it was two or three seasons. Carbon something. Um, where they have they have neural implants. So my characters have these neural implants, but I wanted to take it further. Not only you know can they communicate through the neural implant, like like being online, but they can call each other. You know, in their mind. You know, uh, they can go into virtual worlds in their mind. They can go to school with the implant, you know, in a virtual environment. Um, they can do surgery, you know, all kind of stuff. And so I just I love that kind of world. And uh, there's so many different things you can do with it. And each person can have their own little recipe and, and be have their own uniqueness. And it's just there's enough there's enough, you know, food for everyone to eat. You know, so I just love that. So, yeah. Mixed in with a little bit of fear and horror, you know, not not necessarily uh, the the you know the, the slasher kind of horror, um, but although I do have a little bit of that in my first book, but more like the horror that where you know you're freaking you don't you don't know what's going on, the fear of the unknown. I love that. Yeah, more more the suspense sort of thing, tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Do they do they have planes there, and do people fly and crawl across? And is there Satan and all that in your in your other universe? That's a great question. So what I've done is I've developed parallel worlds. Some worlds are twin worlds. Some worlds are parallel in different dimensions. And in my mind, when I look at Star Trek, and they, which is I love Star Trek, and you know they they go to different worlds, you know. Uh, they always end up, you know, they, you know, they, you know, uh, you know, they, they go to their different worlds and whatnot and there's no problem. But I'm thinking, what if some of the worlds had different physics? So you can't necessarily go to all the different worlds and not disintegrate. <laughs> you know, if they had different, completely different physics, it might be different. So that's why I have shapeshifters. I'm like, shapeshifters can go to any world, even if it has different physics, you know, they won't disintegrate. You know, the, the, the you know, the molecules are a little different. You know, so that's the reason why I came up with that idea. Um, so some have the twin worlds may have planes, but the parallel worlds may not have planes. So like, you know, and we call it hell. And in, in another world, my, one of my other worlds, a song I just finished and mixed and mastered today called On the Rocks. Well, the rocks is hell in this in this alternate universe, you know, so they call hell the rocks. So, yeah, some things are different. Some things are the same. You know, some worlds. The president is Donald Trump and other worlds is Tupac, you know. So uh, I, li- I like I like being able to kind of do that and, and keep some of the similarities and make some of the differences, you know, very different. Isn't it cool? It's fun, right? I, I want to be in Tupac. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's got to it's gotta be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I have it in, I have it on my out, like my outtakes. It didn't make it into the book, but there's a scene where, you know, they're in a different world and they're talking to the character of that world. And they mentioned, I had Tupac, but I changed it. You know, it's not even in the book anymore, but you know, Tupac, you mean, you mean the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the governor, the governor, no, the, the, the hip hop artist. Ha. <laughs> and they laughing at like hip hop. No, he's a, he's a politician. So, you know, I have that, just that, that kind of play with words and how different people look at we've seen it before i've seen it before in, in different types of you know tv shows and whatnot yeah so i, I love doing that it's, it's fun yeah messes people up that's good 
I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where do you see yourself going? So what's happening now? Where are you going to be uh, five years from now? That's a great question. Five years from now, the, the TV series will be out, hopefully not canceled. Um, give me at least three years on Awari Mosaic. I'm, I'm working with an executive producer, Dan Shaw Productions. He brought me in as a producing partner to turn the Brown Stoker winning book, uh, Awari Mosaic, into a TV series named after the character called Finizo. Uh, F-E-E-N-I-X-O, Finizo. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit more than we're going to, we're going to, we're going to divert a little bit from the, from the, uh, the novel where it's going to be, you know, a teen drama. It's going to be full of romance, full of secrets, full of lies and full of mystery. Um, and of course, you know, uh, a futuristic post-apocalyptic kind of, kind of vibe where half the world is the real life and half the world is in the virtual reality world. And so, uh, I, I feel like I'll be sitting in video village you know, watching the actors and working with the directors or, you know, just watching the directors bring this book to life and the characters to life. And uh, that for a fact, and, and hopefully by that time, I will have finally, finally gotten a New York Times bestseller. That's that, I, I, that's 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 like my big goal. You know, I got to have be a multiple New York Times bestseller. That's I, let's go. I got to get it. Well, and of course, and of course, we can tell people now. I'm going to be starring in that series, right? I'm. <laughs> I don't want to do that. No. Oh, you? Yeah, Alan. Yeah, Alan, you'll be in there. You'll be the wizard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm. I'm. I already got a name for you, Mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the young girl that Feeny kills. Come on. The Wizard of British oh, Columbia. Yeah. Yeah, the weird. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was doing. Well. You know that's funny because because okay, so Feeny has a uh, in the, in the game she's never met. You know how you can play on games games and you can never meet a person, but you know game with them and never seen them and they have an avatar. So she's been playing this game where they solve cold cases, right? Um, real cold cases. They solve them in the game. The police, you know, allows them to solve these cold cases. And in the game, her partner is this you know, 40-year-old white guy. But in real life, you know, she's a 17-year-old black girl, you know. So, yeah, you could definitely be that detective. Let's go. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I've got it made. See? I'm a star. Yeah. Nobody wants As to. Dak Prescott would say, here we go! Yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody <laughs> wants to see that, you know. They'll, you know. Well, anyway. So, okay. Well, perfect. So, you, you, you've got it going on. Um, that's it. As long as you want it, you'll get there. If you want it, you'll get there. You'll be a New York Times bestseller, and uh, you'll have a big TV series with starring me, of course. And uh, yeah, it's it's all good. So we're, we're listen. Are you doing? Are you big on social media, website, all that sort of thing, or not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm on a lot. I remember my first publisher had me on about 15 different social media sites. I'm not on that many anymore. I'm on I'm on about three or four now. Only three that I really do on a two I really do on a regular basis. So anyone can find me at uh, as my handle as N Zondi and the number three. So N as in Nancy, Z O N D as in David I N Zondi three on most of my social networking sites. And if not. You know, a lot of people know me as Ace Antonio Hall, uh, A-C-E Antonio, like Antonio Banderas, Ace Antonio Hall. Uh, either one of those, you just Google it, you know, and it'll pop up. If you if you put in Zombie, it's going to pop up my music, 
or author. You just click one and then it takes you to a whole, you know, web of whatever that direction is I'm doing in that genre. Well, fantastic. You know, we're going to put all that up too so people can find it and find you and, and, uh, you know, you know, they can send you, send you their, send you pictures, send you mail, send you letters, say, Hey, pick me. <laughs> well, that could be very interesting. Well, you know, it never gets old. <laughs> well, anyway, well, we appreciate it, and I'm I'm glad you came to talk about your book and music and everything. And and what can I say? So, thank you for being here in Zondi. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Alan, Dave, making a brighter day. Thank you. Thanks, in Zondi. You've been listening to the House of Mystery Radio Show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.